Hello, I'm Alex Gibbs, and I'm here to bring you Beyond the Sound. We are going beyond what we hear or even who we listen to. We are going to take the next step in our lives today because tomorrow is not promised. I'm not just going to survive my life, but I'm going to live my life starting now. Why are you where you are in your life? The choices that you have made have been because of what you believe to be true for yourself. Courage. Courage is the key to life itself. And it's not how much you have. It's what you do with what you have. That belief that here in America, there is always something better out there if you're willing to work for it then we must work like never before. Everything that you went through had to happen so you could be here because it's your turn now. When all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty. Hello everybody, welcome back to Beyond the Sound. I'm here to talk to you about different aspects of life, um, different situations, different events that's going on. And of course, we are going beyond the sound, so that means we are going to take our next step forward in life. So um, today I just want to bring up a, a particular topic that's been going around. Um, I've mentioned it before on my other show about the Black Lives Matter movement things that are happening, things that have been going around throughout the media, social media, um, definitely on the news, definitely something that is still effective. Um, people are still talking about it. I'm, I've been listening in, receiving some wisdom, receiving some um, different kind of information, different point of views. All right. So I'm um, here today. I got my first guest today. Her, her name is Lauren Gardner. Uh, she, we, we will be talking about this matter. So today's topic is called uh the people have spoken the people have spoken all right so this is something that is um very critical to know that uh here especially here in america that uh, people have a voice of right to speak out against things that are not right you know and we've been seeing um and hearing about things especially with the george floyd case especially with different other things that are coming up now um, I've even read about women who was uh, hung in the woods area around um, this t um, area where we are from. And, and, you know, these a lot of things are just keep coming up. So I have Lauren Gardner with us today, um, my first guest for this show. Hello. 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 All right. So um, I'm bringing her in. I'm going to ask Lauren a few questions. <coughs> she is um, going to college. She's in the, going to uh uh, where are Pace you going? Pace University. Okay, right, right. So, um, Lauren, so one of the questions I have for you um, is, uh, what is the significance of this statement, Black Lives Matter? So, in other words, what does that mean to you concerning, because you mentioned that you are 20, how does this affect you and your life? Well, I think um, Black Lives Matter, especially now, it's expanded over time mm -hmm. in significance and meaning. Um, if you date back 
from the 1950s and the 1960s where the main focus was segregation and the needing to fight for just equal rights, just basic equal human rights. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like it's have evolved to now, okay, we've gotten our equal rights, but we're still not equal in all departments. We are still being slighted in whether it's Hollywood, whether it's mm. on the streets, whether it's in the law enforcement system. So now we're finally getting to the point where as a generation, and I've noticed that there seems to be even a more of a significance and shift as generations get older and are acknowledging it, that the attention about police brutality and the, you know, the discrimination against African-Americans that now it's, it's finally pushing the envelope and things are being done. So I think for my age group specifically, I mean, I was told that I am supposedly the, I guess, the Gen Zers, which is after like millennials. Um, mm. And in our generation, I've noticed tremendously. I've been told that my generation is the most um, racially diverse generation, mm. which means that like ever been like. So you have children who are half African-American, half Caucasian, then you have people who are half Hispanic, half um, Asian, and the cultures are so much more intertwined than before. And I feel like our generation, with that being said, we have an obligation to push it even further and and to emphasize it in the right way, but to, to emphasize what's not being said and who's not being represented. Mm. Right, right. That see, and that is a really excellent point. You know, um, definitely, um, it, that's a good way to put it. And I, I definitely um, see that as something that we need to be more educated on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, definitely good. Um, so my next question is going to come up. It's how can college and education help reduce racial discrimination towards black um, towards black people? There's multiple ways education can help reduce racial discrimination on all fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I remember I had a class, a public speaking class, and I presented and I was talking about addressing the issue about how just the basic educational system has been failing in the aspect of representing African-American achievements and African-American issues. Mm-hmm. You open up a textbook in high school or middle school and the only three generic, you know, topics that they seem to address involving African-Americans is slavery, mm-hmm. the Harlem Renaissance, and, you know, a couple of few um, instances or, you know, moments in history regarding, like, a few figures, like, what's what's his name? I'm trying to think. Um, like, Frederick Douglass, and, uh-huh. like, they'll, they'll, they'll input the ones, like, the few, you know, important events the very important events like the main topics but when it comes to like addressing cultural things or mm-hmm. getting into the spe- specifics about racial discrimination and how it's still going on today like there's a huge gap in my opinion um mm-hmm. even this right now like you think I, I believe most academic textbooks right now go up to 2001, which mm-hmm. is when 9-11 happened. And they, they update that to 9-11 and what happened because, of course, it was such a traumatic event. But at the same time, 
when it comes to academic textbooks, you have to, I feel like this is an obligation, you have to update Mm-hmm. The textbooks and, the, and the, the the stuff that children are reading because things change all of the time and things are still happening. Traumatic things are still happening. It may not seem to be as important as 9-11 or other events, but this whole police brutality thing and Me Too movements where women in Hollywood are addressing the issue about sexual assault among like higher ups, this kind of stuff still needs I feel like still needs to be written down and to be addressed in the educational system. Mm. And it's getting to the point where teachers right now that like they go by a specific curriculum and they go by a specific, you know, like agenda that they're required to do, you know, required by the board of education that they have to, every teacher has an agenda and a specific criteria that they have to meet for their students. Mm. But the problem with that is, if you're just going by the list and you don't really care about, you know, going forward and teaching kids additional, the outside situation of things or adding ad-libbing extra information or lessons and the kids aren't getting it from home. Like imagine, and I know like this is terrible, but like imagine growing up in like a, a you know, less fortunate but white, predominant white neighborhood and your parents either because of their own ignorance, neglect to, to teach you about black issues that you need to know. Mm. If you're in a predominantly white school, it's unfortunate, but you can't really expect from these, you know, white teachers to really address or talk about issues involving black people. There, I, I, I've had experience some teachers who actually go the extra mile mm. to address these issues. They'll right. show us documentaries and we do projects and we we talk about this uncomfortable conversation, but there's still a huge gap of teachers who either find it too uncomfortable or they just do not care. Mm. And in my opinion, I feel like on that standpoint, there's got to be some change. And it's not even just with African-American people. I'm talking about African-American people right now because it's Black Lives Matter that we're addressing. Mm. Right. It's not just us. It's other minorities. Like you look at the, the textbooks, the textbooks right now, it's, the same redundant stuff. We never get to learn about, you know, about our achievements aside from the arts or aside from, you know, literature. We always hear something about, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not bashing or anything like that. I'm not making fun of any, any artist or any sports person out there who's very involved in the arts or very involved in sports. Mm. But I've noticed the common theme in the educational system or in 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 textbooks they never really address influential people that aren't you know involved in the arts or involved in the medical field or whatever especially right now with covid 19. Mm-hmm. if we had if they were to update the textbooks mm-hmm. something that i would love to see is incorporating african-american or or other minorities that have impacted covid 19 and mm-hmm. and incorporate you know different ways that african-american people have impacted things like i didn't even know last year last year i was notified that a black person an african-american person created the traffic light Mm. and i'm like that kind of stuff like i never knew that the thing that we use every day to drive from place to place Mm -hmm. was created by an african-american person like right. that, even even the smallest things is something that can help educate everyone on this situation. And I think as well, um, aside from, you know, high school and, and, and schooling, 
and how to teach students, mm -hmm. I also think as African American people, and I'm not saying, you know, the ones that obviously, you know, don't have the privilege or the, the you know, the opportunity to go get further education, to go to college and to learn different things. But I seriously think, and, and I always try to emphasize, my family and I are very, like, strong, like, we think strong about political views and strong about voting and, and making your voice heard when you can. And I feel mm -hmm. like if a lot of Americans were or African-Americans were to educate themselves or to try to, the ones who can't afford to get additional education or to take classes and be notified, I feel like that would dramatically help. A lot of people, African-Americans are one of the lowest racial groups that fail to either sign up for the census mm -hmm. or to vote every year annually. Right. And I feel like we a lot of the issues could be solved if we just, inform ourselves about how we can make our voices heard and to go to you know our our assigned site our assigned area and vote annually it doesn't even have to be the president every couple of years it can mm -hmm. be you know the governor it could be the senator it doesn't matter it you have to make your voice heard and i feel like that right there that along with the gap mm -hmm. of just going there and voting is a huge issue right right Wow, that's this is a very good point that you just brought up, because uh, you know it even goes along with uh, um, some things I I even experienced myself. Actually, just recently, I was just talking to um, to my my boss uh, just the other day, and he, um, we were uh, talking about helping the kids out for the summer program that's coming up. And mm -hmm. uh, one of the things he even mentioned to uh, this side conversation was uh, the the fact that he, as a Caucasian man, was not brought up on the education part of um, uh, certain, uh, what it was, activists like Martin mm -hmm. Luther King, Malcolm mm -hmm. X, and he even brought uh -huh. up um, things as Mar Ma uh, Malcolm X, which I didn't even uh, understand or I didn't even um, know growing up as well about certain, exactly. certain things that he brought up uh -huh. about him. And even Martin uh -huh. Luther King, even though he's a very high up there, um, somebody who's really uh, well known, well represented. Yeah. There's even some things, some facts that we don't even know about all the way. You know, yeah. there's some things that have been missing in, in, in um, throughout the history. You know, and if we, it's um, it's a shame that we have to wait until after high school time to to mm -hmm. learn about these things. But yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, so I'm, I'm going to speed up the, with the questions a little bit, um, yeah. but I'm going to ask, uh, what, what can be said to people who chant black lives matter, but don't change their mindset? For, for example, people who decide to stay with, uh, choose to stay within poverty, so choose to stay within what we call, uh, um, the hood or the, that that mentality that says, you know what, because of the fact uh, uh, of um, I might not be able to get out of poverty, I might not be able to have mm -hmm. the, the money or the circumstances or the resources, I'm uh -huh. okay and I'm comfortable here. But what what can you say okay. to those people? Um, in my opinion, um, like I've I've my parents, both of my parents were in, you know, in a in poverty, grew up in poverty. Mm -hmm really struggled specifically my mother she was she grew up in castle hill uh -huh. and she she was she grew up in the project she had uh, multiple sis, uh brothers and sisters and she really struggled and um 
when it comes to talking about, you know, the challenge that comes with being in poverty and not being able to make ends meet or not being able to be given the equal amount of resources as someone who would live in suburbia and live, you know, town of Poughkeepsie and live in an area where it's privileged. Um, my mother was, was again, as well, given the opportunity and the privilege of being having a religious background and having mm -hmm. a religious life in church and the thing that i think the real problem when it comes to poverty aside from of course systemic oppression and everything that when they you know we, we're not going to address it but yeah when mm -hmm. caucasian people of power created ghettos and created poverty um perverted areas mm -hmm. to try to um you know to try to keep us in this one place mm -hmm. i feel like when it comes to that it is very hard. The main, in my opinion, the main reason why it is so difficult for people in poverty or people in, in you know, disfortunate or unfortunate situations. Right. Yeah. What makes it so hard is their lack of resources. Mm. And I don't mean just you know basic needs because of course that's important: food, water, shelter. That's very important. But also influential, like physical, visible resources which means like people who are out there who can teach them can mentor them can teach them how to do things my mother had the privilege of going to a church a huge church in in the city in harlem that had many influential african american people that were able to get out of the same situation she was in and to go to college and get an education and a degree and and to make something of themselves and i feel like if you if you don't have a community center like a YMCA or a Boys and Girls Club in your town, mm. or you don't have a church that you go to a church home or an influential mentorship program that you're involved in for free or something, that kind of stuff right there, that that is very detrimental. Like right. think about it. Like, and th again, like I said about the educational system, the mm. educational system is lacking in a lot of things, mm. and I feel like a lot of students in poverty. They go to school, right? Mm -hmm. Some go to school hungry. Some come go to school tired. Some go to school burdened by stuff at home, right? Mm -hmm. It's already hard enough as it is for them to focus in class. And then they go to school and they're they're being taught the same curriculum, the same this, the same boring this. And they don't really have much impactful teachers and, and students that can teach them. Mm -hmm. So then they go home and they go back to the situation and because of the um, the poverty and the situations that they're in, it's not like these parents can, you know, go an extra mile and read them books or tell them this and tell them what they can do and and what they could do. Because of course, when you when you're just trying to make it by and you're trying to get, you know, where you need to be and and to get successful or or to right. to get your kids to get where they need to be, the basic needs. A lot of parents, unfortunately, don't really have the time to do what the teachers could be doing or, or just do the basic things like inspiring the, the kids or telling, teaching them right from wrong or mentoring them. It's just, it's a very hard thing to balance. So in my opinion, I feel like, and it's, it's, that's the thing that I feel that's so unfortunate about, you know, mm -hmm. this situation about being African-American mm -hmm. is that you, I feel like regardless of what's going to happen, like, with Black Lives Matter or anything like this, we're always going to have to fight harder than the Caucasian person. It's just, it's a harsh reality that we're going to have to, 
you know, key, but mm -hmm. in my strong opinion, yes, the Black Lives Matter movement is going to do a dramatic change. It's going to do a lot of things that, that was, things are finally going to be awakened, but mm -hmm. I, you have to think about the perspective being an African-American person growing up in a ghetto and not having the um, opportunity mm. compared to even the privilege that the suburban African-American kids. And my mother specifically had to work very hard. She had to go out and apply for multiple jobs. She had mm -hmm. to find mentors for free that can offer her guidance. And she had to go reach out to the influential African-American people at her church to figure out the other side of things so that they can coach her and teach her how to be a homeowner or teach her how to work in for a corporate business or mm -hmm. to do something like that. So I think the main, along with, of course, just, you know, struggling a little bit, I think the main thing that we just need to do is we need to inspire and we need to the ones who have the privilege of waking up in the morning and having food and having shelter mm -hmm. i think it's our job as human beings to reach out to these people in these you know areas of poverty right. and to inspire them to teach them other ways because sometimes like when you're in an, an environment where it's uninspiring and you feel like you're stuck in the same cycle generational cycle it is very hard terribly hard to get out of it and i feel like the ones who because in my strong opinion mm -hmm. I've, I've seen protests i've seen people walk up and down and and chant and and fight for what's right mm -hmm. and fight for the rights of other people and that's that's jolly good and everything like that right we deserve equal rights but at the same time you have people in your circle I just saw yesterday that um, a college student from the Bronx, the South Bronx, mm -hmm. who was headed to St. John's University for schooling and, and did so successful. He was one of those influential people. He got shot during a protest by another African-American male. And it wasn't, wow. it was, it was crime. It was crime. That kind of situation, I just question. I'm like, you're, you want unity for your people and you want equality. Right. But at the same time, you are harming and hurting your own. You are hurting your own people. And when I hear about that, I just think that we can't hurt. We have to inspire. We have to help. We have to uplift. Because if we don't, we're just going to be in the same redundance. We're going to be in the same cycle that we're constantly in. And I hate to see stuff like that happen because I know we can do better as people. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, it's definitely a, a wake up moment for, for those mm -hmm. uh, who are listening mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they should take um, the initiative also to, to keep pressing. You know, I, I just want to take the time just to encourage those, uh, you know, African-Americans, those who are in poverty and things to, to just like as you, as you mentioned, to keep, keep pressing, keep fighting, mm -hmm. um, keep reaching um, your goals, your dreams. You know, don't let anything stop you from, from mm -hmm. becoming of who you're, you're supposed to become. You know, if, mm -hmm. if whatever it takes, that, that that's what it takes. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's de definitely uh, something like you said. We should continue to inspire, um, mm -hmm. continue to you know motivate people to reach out to them and let them know. Listen, you can make it. You can. Mm -hmm. You can. You know, whatever. Like I said, whatever it takes, and, and if it takes your all, then go ahead for it. Because you know, you don't want to be in a place and stuck in a place where where. You know, it's this uh, uh, the same old, same old generational curse where, you know, you want to there's very and it really sucks. But, you know, 
there's there's always an instance where, you know, a group of people or an African-American student is, you know, is starting to beat the odds and is able mm-hmm. to get out of the situation and then something ends up pulling them back in. Right. And that yeah. it always hurts me because it's like they have all the resources, they have all these things. And when I hear about a student or or an innocent child, like a grown adult who is shot down spontaneously and he mm-hmm. had everything lined up. He had a full scholarship for basketball. He had everything lined up and he was shot down. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff just makes me feel so sad because it's like, it's not even, it wasn't even him. It was someone else wasn't even targeting at him. He was, mm-hmm. they were looking for someone else. Right. And regardless of what it was, the fact that someone brought a gun to a Black Lives Matter meet, why are you bringing guns to a Black Lives Matter mm. parade or, or meet, not parade, sorry, <laughs> a meet. Like, why yeah, are you yeah. bringing a gun? Mm. What is what is that supposed to do? Like, and that kind of stuff, I I just struggle to understand. This is the kind of stuff that I question. How are you helping each other? How are you helping each other along with helping, you know, as a unity? You can't You can't say we're Black people, we deserve respect. You know, you you want respect. I 100% agree with you. We need respect as mm-hmm. African-American people. We need to be treated equally. Right. But at the same time, if you are self-sabotaging, you're self-sabotaging your own people. You're hurting your own people. You're making fun of your own people. You're damaging your own people. You're doing all this stuff. You're killing your own people. What are you showing everyone else that is saying, oh, why should we give you this? Why mm-hmm. should you give that? What are you, what are you showing all of the you know, white supremacists out there who are just so, so stuck in their own way thinking that black is below. Mm. What are you showing them by saying, okay, we want rights. Meanwhile, I'm going to shoot this guy because he owes me money. or I'm going to shoot this guy because he didn't give me what I asked for because Mm. we got into an issue. You're contradicting yourself. That's what I'm saying. I think it's very important that we are making our voices heard and then it's impacting people of all ethnicities right now and they're taking action. But at the same time, because we have all of the attention on us right now, the spotlight on us, mm. we have to act accordingly like the spotlight is on us. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, and you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, to taking the, how the times are, um, especially what's going on, uh, you know, uh, take advantage of it because, because you know, uh, we want to be able to continue to um, be able to move forward and mm-hmm. while while you know we're struggling with things while we're going through things and and not to act out because you know that's what they want to see they want to yeah. see um, they, see how exactly. how can they push you how can they make you exactly. do all these things all the time right. I'm, I'm gonna again um because supposedly in the african-american community certain african-american people that I know or friends that I know mutually, they have an issue when, you know, someone says during the looting phase that, that we had during the the, Afri- the Black Lives Matter thing after George Floyd was, you know, unfortunately mm-hmm. killed. Right. They, their argument was that, you know, the looting and the burning down of innocent businesses and, you know, the stealing of, 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 objects and stuff and and barging in and robbing areas was justified because of systemic oppression because of police brutality and i i i have to disagree um Mm -hmm. and it has nothing to do with 
you know, me being in a, in a privileged area because that's not the case at all. I obviously I wouldn't know what it's like to live down south or live in an area where this is constant. This mm-hmm. is just a day of life where you are afraid every day mm-hmm. what's going to happen to you. I don't know what it's like, but at the same time, I know that regardless if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. and you own a business and you've been building a business for 30 to 50 years and you have a sense of income mm-hmm. and some and it, it could be it literally could be and that's what that frust, that's what frustrates me when I open the see the TV and I see Atlanta and I see them burning down innocent business businesses, pop, uh, mom and pop shops, mm. little, uh, uh-huh. you know, boutique shops. I'm thinking about what if that business that you just, that subway shop or that, that bodega, what is, what if that place was built by an African-American person, run by an African-American person? Mm. But you don't know that because you're protesting, you're throwing things, you're barging and stealing things, you're lighting matches and burning down buildings. Right. But that could have been built by an African-American person that respects you guys and that wants to fight for African-American rights. So now, again, like I mm. said about self-sabotaging, you have no idea what who you're targeting. And I'm not saying you should selectively pick who's black and who's not black to burn down buildings. No, you shouldn't burn down any building. But at the same time, you're hurting people that could be your own. You're hurting people that could help you. You're hurting an Asian American man that could probably help donate money for the cause or a Caucasian woman who can help write on posters and help bring it to city hall. Mm-hmm. You're hurting people that could be helping you. Right. And you're trying to make your voice heard. Their argument is always, you know, we're no one else is listening to us. We have to get to this point to fight for that. And I'm, in my strong opinion, I don't, I don't believe that's the way. And that's why I'm emphasizing voting I'm emphasizing political things, political education, educating yourself about politics, Mm -hmm. because the only way this change is going to be made is if you get to the the nitty gritty of things and you get to the political system where these decisions and these laws are being made. That's the only way at this point. And each generation, as things go on, things constantly shift during Martin Luther King and Malcolm X time peaceful protests and sit-ins and boycotting buses and stuff like that that kind of stuff right there that was able to be done that was able to be an impact because it was peaceful at the time and it wasn't to the severity that it is the 70s the black power movement the black panthers Mm -hmm. there was a little bit more aggression and assertion in that because they realized things were changing and there was no that there was no more peaceful protests that were making an effect in the community of America, in the community. It wasn't doing anything, so they took more assertion. Now it's getting to a point where, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. politics and education is the main core value that helps, you know, helps African Americans get where they need to be. And it's unfortunate that the school that I go to, I don't see when it comes to like political science majors or, you know, investing in business, I rarely see African-American representation in political science. And it really hurts me because if we had more of that, Mm -hmm. if we had more people passionate about making change, but in this aspect and getting education for it, the ones who can't afford it, then change could have been made. Change could be made. Mm -hmm. But right now looting and hurting businesses and hurting people, killing people, and whether it was intentional or unintentional, um, 
doing all of this stuff, you are you are not helping. You're mm, not. And right. you don't and you don't even like COVID already, we've already been hit with COVID and businesses are already shutting down because of the impact of COVID. Right. As soon yeah. as COVID hit, the stock market dipped immediately. Mm. Businesses are closing. And already I've I've known four restaurants within the town of Poughkeepsie mm-hmm. that have closed down, that have been here for years. Right. So with that being said, these businesses are already on their last leg. Mm. And wow. you're burning down and any anything they had left salvageable, the money that they saved or invested or, or their business, their main source of income is now gone mm-hmm. because you couldn't control your anger. You couldn't control how you reacted to, you know, George Floyd's death or, or to the injustice of African-American people. I am just as angry as every single African-American person on in America mm-hmm. or on this earth. I am angry and frustrated and just sad for the family and sad for everyone impacted by police brutality. But at the same time, I'm investing my anger in a more productive way. I'm not mm-hmm. investing it in physically or aggressively just causing conflict or robbing. In my opinion, I don't know where this trend of going into a Target mm-hmm. and stealing furniture and and stealing things has to do with George Floyd. And mm-hmm. I maybe I need someone to explain that to me. I don't know if you know, but mm-hmm. when I see people stealing things and justifying it for George Floyd, I find that very cheap and disrespectful. I really do. I find it disrespectful for the family Mm -hmm. because that's not what they asked you to do. No one one asked you to do that. You're just trying to find a way to take something, you know, to steal something and and to not pay for it. Right. And you're using the death of an African-American man as a scapegoat for it. And I don't, I find that severely disrespectful and just, just cheap of mm-hmm. you to do. I would never go go into a Target or a Walmart and steal something and then say this is for George Floyd. No, it's not for George Floyd, it's for you. You went in there mm-hmm. and when I saw that Target in Minneapolis being just turned upside down, I was yeah. like this is not funny anymore. This is what it what are you doing? You're not even thinking mm-hmm. about what this looks like. Right, right. To us as people, and again, like I said, these Caucasian people, these people, these oppressive people in power, mm-hmm. Trump and all of them, they are laughing at us. They're not, they're not laughing with us. They're not helping us. They're laughing at us. Mm-hmm. And by you doing this stuff and acting on impulse and doing all this nonsense, you're making it worse for yourself. Right. Wow. Yeah. And um, that's really good insight too. That's really good. Um, lots of information. And you know most of the things from what I'm coming to understand that is, is is too much emotion and not enough um thinking not enough action or, action, or logic or action. action yes yeah you know and, and I always was grow up you know um, think before you speak before you mm-hmm. do things because mm-hmm. you know you got to really um mm-hmm. uh, analyze what it is your, your, how you react. And I just mm-hmm. did a show about uh, reaction and getting involved with your emotions, because sometimes when mm-hmm. you, you get so emotional, you for, you forget mm-hmm. about how how does this look when I do these things. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, because of time, we're gonna we're gonna cut it down from here. Okay. And mm-hmm. I I really appreciate it, Lauren, for coming onto the show. Thanks for being my first guest mm-hmm. on Thank Beyond you. the Sound. Um, do you have any last remarks? Any last things that you want to say? 
Um, I'm just going to emphasize the same thing like I've been saying. Um, anyone who's listening, I, I really think, please, like, I know voting time has already passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another voting coming in November. I just really wish, please, at least educate yourself. Go and vote, even if it's, you know, you don't 100% know who's, you know, running for whatever specific position. I need you to vote because if Mm -hmm. you don't vote, your name, you're not even being listed in the ballot. You're not even being, you know, counted as a human being or as a voice. Right. And a lot of things right now, you know, a lot of things and a lot of things white people are, you know, doing right now to get in the way of that mm. of of getting us to vote like down south you know the restrictions and and how long the lines are and how difficult it is to vote that challenge right there has to be the push that you need to go further and to work harder to make sure that your voice is heard in the political system you can make your voice heard on the news you can make your voice heard walking down the street street and screaming and, and talking and and giving speeches, but at the same time, mm-hmm. the only way that this impact can be as equal as you are in the streets, you also have to go on the ballot sheets and and put in your name, put in yourself, put in your identification and check off, check off and vote. Vote for who you think should be in office or who you think should be representing you and making these laws and these decisions because they're the people who are in charge. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, that's all um, I have to say. Right. And I definitely appreciate that. I definitely appreciate you coming on to the show. So you guys heard it here on Beyond the Sound. Go out and vote. Make make your voice count. You know, just as Lauren has just explained to us, you know, it, it, it does matter what, uh, how you say what you say. It does have an effect. Don't think twice. Just go ahead and, and, and go out and get your voice being heard. All right. So I really appreciate uh, Lauren. Thanks again for being on the show. Um, Just hold on for a minute. And then uh, for those who want to be a guest, those who are listening and you you feel a need to express things and have a discussion, please go ahead and go on my Facebook page. Go on to Beyond the Sound. uh, Inbox me on the Facebook page. um, And also you can send out a message right here on Anchor. Um, and if you also like to create your own podcast, go ahead and download the app um, anchorfm.com. Uh, and I hope you guys uh, took in this message. I hope it was something that's inspiring and motivating and, and informative. And, and hopefully as we continue to go beyond the sound, the whole movement of this show is that we take our next step forward. You know, and just like I've always been saying, um, we want to make sure that we are going forward. We're not staying stagnant. We're not staying in one place in our lives, but we are moving forward and on and beyond. All right. So thanks for this time. I thank everybody for coming in, listening, and I hope you enjoy your day. Thank you so much.